Welcome to this edition of Buy, Hold, Sell, brought to you by Livewire Markets. In this weekly show, you'll catch two fund managers who'll share their views on a selection of listed companies, both here and overseas. Hit the subscribe button on your podcast player to be notified of new episodes each week. And don't forget that all the views expressed are general in nature and you should seek your own advice before making any decisions of your own. That's all from me. Sit back, relax and enjoy the latest edition of Buy, Hold, Sell. Hello and welcome to Livewire's Buy, Hold, Sell. I'm Ali Selby and today we're very lucky to be joined by two long short managers for their analysis of the ASX. Plus, we'll also be discussing some of the themes the market and these fund managers as well are short right now. To do that, we're joined by Sean Fenton from Sage Capital and Sean Roger from Perpetual Asset Management. Two Sean's today, I might mess it up, but hopefully I don't. It's been a volatile few years. Has the end of the era of cheap and easy money made it a really easy period to make money from shorts? I might start with you, Sean. Uh, it's certainly an interesting period. Uh, we always look at longs and shorts in terms of relative opportunities. So what we look for in markets is things moving around a lot and changing. So they're the sort of market environments uh, we like. So both shorting and being long on the other side works well. And what we've been through recently with COVID and lockdowns and big swings and yeah, money being thrown in and recoveries and inflation, recession, there's a lot of things moving around. So there's been some great opportunities. There's been new trends and things changing. So uh, I think it's generally yeah, been a good environment for active investing and you know, we see that being maintained for a little while. Okay, over to you, Sean Roger. What do you think? Has it been a fertile hunting ground for short sellers right now? Yeah, look, absolutely from our perspective. I think there was a a large group of companies over the past few years who uh, whose success has really been built on a blue sky narrative and and that access to that free capital and with interest rates increasing so quickly a lot of those companies have had to pivot towards uh, cash flow generation and profitability which has inevitably brought down their growth another aspect that we found a little bit challenging during the period of free money was the market de-emphasized fundamentals and earnings quality which are two key parts of our of our process and now with interest rates at more normalized levels we can go into a short with more confidence that if, it, if a company misses earnings expectations or has pulled some earnings levers to, to hit that result, that the shares will most likely fall. Okay, I want to move on to the bigger picture now. The RBA and the Fed have just hiked rates once again. Many are hoping that that's the end of the rate hiking cycle for now. Sean, I'll stay on with you. Do you think the worst is over? Look, one thing I've learned over the past few years is that it's, uh, it's good to keep an open mind with the macro and things can, can change very quickly. But in, in this circumstance, I think that there is um, still a bit more pain. Whilst I think we're towards the end of the, of the rate hiking cycle, I think to see interest rates come back down at all, we're going to need to see a significant deterioration in the economy or, or a big increase in unemployment. And at the moment, we're, we're just not seeing them. So I think to get relief from rates, there is going to be a bit more pain, unfortunately, for the consumer. Over to you, Sean. Do you feel like there's storm clouds on the horizon? Uh, I think so. We might be near the end of the rate hiking, hiking cycle, but we haven't felt the pain yet. So the pain's definitely still to come. The sort of inflation we've got at the moment, it's, it's different uh, than you know, what we've seen really since back in the, the 70s and 80s in that it's a lot more driven by tight labour markets and cost push and, and feedback. And historically, you do need pain. You need higher unemployment to really fi uh, fix that. So either that's going to happen or rates need to keep moving higher until we get there. So uh, we're getting towards the end game, but yeah, we haven't seen the pain. Markets are at record highs, you know, employment's full, people still spending. There's a few, you know, definitely a lot of early warning signs out there. 
Uh, but uh, whether it's the second half of this year or into next year, we do see uh, dark clouds gathering yeah, on the horizon. Let's go a little bit into some sectors now. Consumer discretionary and tech have been some of the most shorted stocks on the ASX for quite some time now. Why do you think that is and what are your thoughts on those sectors? I think uh, consumer discretionary is very much the Amazon effect. It's been in place for a while. Ever since Amazon launched in Australia, they're always going to decimate the retail space and destroy margins. And they've certainly gained some traction, um, but it hasn't really followed through. So a lot of those uh, shorts and you know, things like JB Hi-Fi and, and Harvey Norman and the like, mm. I think are a bit of a residual from that broad uh, global macro thematic of uh, online uh, sales and, and penetration. And uh, yeah, Australia's a pretty small market. Those players have adapted and got their own sort of omni-channel offerings and the like. So we're not uh, you know, into that sort of short thesis. And you know, over the years, we've seen some good opportunities to be long there. We're a bit cautious on consumer discretionary more because we see those storm clouds gathering and uh, the risk of consumer slowdown. And similarly, as Sean mentioned before, yeah, a lot of tech companies, there are big short interests there because there's been a lot of make-believe business models and massive valuations without the actual profitability and cash flow to back them up. And a lot of those businesses have uh, pulled back quite dramatically in the last mm. year or so. What are your views on tech and consumer discretionary? So a lot of those names actually have rebounded since the beginning of the year. I feel like it would be painful for some short sellers. What's Perpetual's view on those kind of sectors? Yeah, look, I think the tech sector obviously has had a very turbulent uh, few years. And I think at the, the bigger end of town, the companies that still demand those high valuations uh, have, have performed really well op operationally. So I think any short angle there at the moment on something like a wise tech is largely valuation only. At the smaller end of town, you have seen some really big share price falls down 70, 80% and still with big short interest. And our perspective would be that they can be quite risky shorts because you only need a little bit of good news or even just less bad news for those stocks to squeeze high. And I think recently Megaport up 40% with their quarterly and even 360 uh, a, c a couple of days ago has um, is evidence of that. On the consumer side, I think uh, I agree with Sean's point around the Amazon thesis, but I think also more recently the, there is a lot of concern around what happens to earnings in FY24. You're going to see a pullback in, in demand with uh, the COVID unwind and these pressures on uh, cost of living. But also from a, from a cost perspective, you've got a big lag in rent increases coming through with CPI and also just with, with wage growth uh, where it is. So there is going to be some, some large earning de declines, especially for some of the retailers. Our view is that's probably captured in, in consensus expectations at the moment and especially in valuations, they're, they're quite depressed as well. So we don't see significant downside uh, from, from a share price perspective, but it, the, the outlook for the short term is uncertain. Okay, and where are you finding opportunity right now? Can you take us through some of your long positions right now? Yeah, one sector to us that looks really interesting at the moment is, is general insurance in Australia. It's been a really challenging couple of years for the sector with elevated claims, inflation, especially in Moda, and with a, a lot of natural hazard events. We're three years into a, to a La Nina cycle and they typically have uh, s severe weather events for, for insurers. We think the sector's quite attractive, the, the, the structure there with IAG and, and Suncorp, and then we think they've got really good pricing power, which you've started to see come through over the past six to 12 months with some of those uh, strong rate increases. So our view would be that as weather normalises and we think it will at some stage, uh, mm -hmm. the outlook's quite nice for the insurers there. We should, should see some, some margin expansion and some, some capital re re returns. Uh, our pick within, uh, or my pick within that sector would be Suncorp at the moment. I think there's probably some uncertainty in the short term around whether or not the bank sale completes, but we think it looks really cheap even in this scenario that, that the bank sale doesn't go through. Okay, over to you, Sean. Where are you finding opportunity right now? Is there a stock pick that you want to call out? 
Uh, we generally look for areas that have got strong industry structure, so we actually like general insurance as well, uh, even cyclical areas where there's sort of duopoly sort of structures and, and pricing power, so you know, airlines, those sort of things. But going into a period of economic uncertainty, healthcare for us is always an area that's quite resilient. Um, and particularly if you can find ones that have got good long-term growth and even you know, recovering from some COVID effects. And CSL ticks a bit of a box there for us. Uh, it's one of Australia's largest, most successful companies, so I don't think there's a lot of great insight there. <laughs> but um, they certainly were impacted through COVID with the collection centres being shut down. That takes a little while to move through the pipeline, so that's recovering now. Donor fees in the US are coming down, some margins are recovering. They've got a great pipeline of, of new product development uh, coming through and they continue to uh, you know, deliver strong, strong earnings growth. And they're actually trading at a multiple now, uh, which is you know, below the historic average. So uh, you know, we see it as a pretty good place just to um, you know, sit there on the long side and, and get some steady growth. How about the short side? Where are you finding shorting opportunities right now? Yeah, shorting opportunities, uh, there's always a, a range across the board. One area that we've been looking at that concerns us a bit is uh, China, where there's a lot of hope around COVID reopening and, and recovery. But what we're actually seeing is uh, yeah, quite a, a sort of lacklustre rebound and a bit of weakness coming through. And particularly in that steel sector, we, we see a bit of risk from what happened last year. You'll recall their, their property developers development sector really uh, crashed as credit was tightened uh, and that's created some dynamics where uh, new floor sold, floor space solves really under pressure. There's some work going on to finish buildings but the China is now more buying established apartments rather than taking the risk of buying a new one from a developer. So we see a big hole actually coming through there for demand later on in the year and next year, weaker global manufacturing environment. Uh, so we see downside risk to iron ore. So something like Fortescue which is uh, very much a pure iron ore play, despite the sort of uh, hydrogen angle, uh, has exposure there in terms of uh, any sort of disappointment and weakness coming through in China property and manufacturing. Okay, over to you, Sean. Where are you finding shorting opportunities right now? And can you take us through an example? You hear the term expensive defensives uh, thrown around a lot. So I'm going to tweak that slightly and, uh, and call it perceived defensives. And basically with the uncertainty in the, in the economy at the moment, you're seeing companies with defensive earnings streams, uh, investors are flocking to them and you're seeing that reflected in, in premium valuations. What we're looking for is companies where the market perceives the, the earnings to be defensive, but we, we, our view is that they're less defensive than, than what the market expects. And I think in aggregate, as we move further through the cycle and you see demand start to soften, it's going to be harder and harder for, for some companies to, to pass through pricing. So we think there's some really good opportunities out there. And I think one recent example of where this has played out is, is Amcor. Uh, they were very successful early on when they had cost of goods inflation passing that through to their customers. But over the past six months with volumes declining and turning negative, they haven't been able to pass that, uh, have the same success passing that price. And you've seen that play out uh, in their margins. They obviously had some extra pressure with the balance sheet, having a bit of debt and the extra interest costs. So that's one example that, that's probably almost played out now, but we think there's some other ones out there uh, that we can take advantage of. Okay, well, I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. If you did, why not give it a like? Remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're adding so much great content every single week. Thanks for listening to Buy, Hold, Sell, brought to you by Livewire Markets, Australia's number one source of expert investment analysis and insights. Register for free online at livewiremarkets.com and you'll discover more exclusive investing articles, videos and podcasts.